Reitman University. Beyond the Classroom, where real life lessons unfold. With Nir Horowitz and Oren Nathan. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to Beyond the Classroom, a show that we come together every week to hear different success stories from different industries, hoping to spark some sort of inspiration in you, our listeners. An entrepreneur, what is it? By definition, an entrepreneur is someone who is willing to take risks in order to succeed in a business venture. Now, we all want to be an entrepreneur, but the question is, do we have what it takes? Are we willing to take the risk? Today's guest is someone who became an entrepreneur at the age of 24. He's been involved in several exits, and is a serial entrepreneur, and most importantly, one of Israel's most successful angel investors. He's a chairman of three tech companies in Israel and has almost more than 35 years of experience in the tech industry. Gul Shomon, it is a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you very much for having me. We're, we're, we're excited, and I forgot to add, he's also the author of a science fiction novel, Netfold. I recommend to all um, how are you? How's your day? Well, my day starts excellent, so it's good. <laughs> so let's uh, let's start with uh, with with the beginning. When you were young, what did you dream of being? What was your what do what did you want to be? Some kind of a traveler, entrepreneur, doing things differently. Think from a very young age. Wow! What kind of activities did you do when you were young that that made you understand that you wanna that you wanna be an entrepreneur, a traveler? Kind of. I was a storyteller. I told stories uh, to my bigger brother. Even. And uh, I was very curious. And I always tried to understand the nature of things. And uh, basically, I saw as a kid a lot of things that can be improved, which, I, of course, they were right, but I didn't understand. And uh, that's how I started. Uh, I always knew that I'll do something by my, of my own. I see. Where, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in Batyam and Cholon. That's uh, where I studied. And uh, later on, after I went to the army and continued my uh, life, studied a little bit. And how, how was your army experience? Did you enjoy it? What did you do in the army? Uh, I didn't enjoy it, frankly. Uh, I was in the army, basically, in the communication I was in charge of a communication system. Later, I moved to computers, to the computer section of the Israeli army. Then it was called computer, not software, not a 1,200. And uh, that's I enjoyed very much. And I stayed with them for many years. And after the army, after working with computers, you found yourself studying computers. Am I right? I studied computers. Uh, basically, I studied just one year. Tel Aviv University, and by the end of the year, I decided to open my own company. Yeah, I, was just... I thought it was the right time to do it. And as someone who studied just for one year, uh, do you think that a college degree is necessary in today's world? In today's world, it's absolutely necessary. In the past, you know, if you look at Bill Gates, Larry Ellison, everybody, they all dropped out, out of school. Today, I think you should uh, complete your degree. Why? Because... Uh, you need more background in order to be successful in uh, this uh, field. In those days, uh, the field just started. You know, in my early ages, 
When I was young, uh, we didn't have, even have telephone. I'm not talking about a cell phone, a regular telephone, and uh, there are few computers in the world. So it's a different landscape. Today, you must have more basics. You need the first degree, I think, uh, at least. Wow, it's interesting to hear your opinion because usually it's the opposite. Usually people say uh, back then you needed a, a degree and today you don't need a degree because of technology. But uh, No, I think you need a degree because degree gives you some disciplines and gives you some way, uh, thoughts. But uh, many people are trying to finish a degree in order to have a degree. And I always say use what you're learning. Try to learn more at school. I'm a part of a, what is called Israel a Startup Nation Mentorship. I'm mentoring students in the United States, uh, brilliant students in uh, Ivy League universities. And I always tell them, don't just finish your degree. Build something in relation to your professors. Build some foundation for your next process. And I think uh, Reichman University, my daughter uh, graduated here, uh, it gives you uh, an ex excellent base. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's, I agree. Why we, that's why we're here. Yeah, use it. Don't, don't just finish a degree. Take it as a base. Learn more. Be curious. That's, that's extremely important. So you, you said that at the age of 24, you started your own business. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. Basically, even earlier, at the age of uh, 22, I came to the conclusion that I know everything, and that's the reason that I made every possible mistake. And if I skipped a mistake, it was by mistake. So I made a lot of, uh, but I started the business without understanding what a business is, but I was a kind of entrepreneur. I want to do something. And uh, it happened that this company that I started with two friends uh, was successful and even went public. So can you are I, lucky sometimes. Can I ask what were the pivotal moments that led to the successful exit of your first company? The pivotal exit uh, change was uh, when we got real financing. For the first time, we always lived uh, hand to mouth and we built a business and there was a, some reality in the business, but uh, we didn't understand what business is. We were, uh, all of us were from the computer fields, we didn't have any real world business experience. And we added some people with real world business experience. And I can say that a year after we almost be went under, we went public. Wow. It took one year from going under to going public. Wow. And how hard is it to finance? You know, a lot of people here study entrepreneurship. How hard mm -hmm. is it to finance a, uh, a, start a startup to find investors? It is exceptionally hard. Uh, you must have something substantial. I am investing. Uh, I see at least 500 companies a year that are applying to me. I don't see everyone. I see few of them. And I invest in one, maybe two a year. How do you know which one? Uh, a lot of experience, but I understand. I keep on technology. I learn technology in deep. In-depth, you know, I have in-depth understanding in certain fields, not all fields of technology. And uh, I have a, a way of investing after uh, building it for a long period of time as angel investor. I also ran uh, VC funds and was part of VC funds. So I have a lot of experience. And uh, I can say that uh, if you want 
to take the entire theory into two or three sentences is, first of all, be patient. You see good companies, very good companies, excellent companies, fantastic companies, you don't invest. And sometimes you see a wow company, and I'll tell you about one wow company. And then you have to, and then you understand it couldn't be that nobody invented this before. And then you make, and if the people are right, and you understand, then you decide to invest. Then you make a very, very fast due diligence. You make a decision very fast. I made several decisions on the meeting. Ask for a couple of days just to check up. But uh, I made the, inv uh, the decision on the meeting. So be patient. See something that is really, really, really exceptional. Make fast decision. Now from the other side, from the entrepreneur side, someone that has an idea, someone that wants to create a company, what are the steps that they should take? How should they, how should they approach that? Uh, first of all, they have to validate their idea and uh, be true to themselves. Because sometimes uh, you want the idea so much that uh, if the input is not the right input, you're trying to turn a blind eye or something like that. Don't do it. Be true to yourself. Validate your idea, see that there you have customers, build something more than just uh, an idea. An idea is not enough. You must have some uh, either proof of concept or proof of value or something. And then uh, when you are ready, build a team. Usually one person is not enough. You need a team. You need someone in managerial with uh, entrepreneurship. You need someone with technological uh, background, deep technological background. And when you have a team, and the good idea with a proof of concept to a certain level, then you have to try to find the right people to invest, to back you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about one or two cases that uh, people like this came to me and I supported them when they were very young, two people, three people. And uh, back to, to your story. So you, you had your first startup, you moved to America, right? That was later on. I moved to America after I took the company public here and I ran a VC fund. And I moved to America because one of my companies got into trouble. And I went on from a VC, a manager of VC fund, into a CEO position in the United States, in California. Did you enjoy your time in California? I enjoyed it. It was one hell of a ride. You know, do you enjoy a, a roller coaster? This was, a roller coaster is very moderate compared to this run. But uh, yes, I loved California. I'm still uh, having business there and I'm still visiting it. So you just mentioned, uh, mentioned a roller coaster. Can you share a little bit about the culture shock or just adjustments you face moving to the US? First of all, moving to the US reminds me of my 22nd year. Again, I came to the US, I saw that I understand everything I didn't understand. I did understand the language. Okay. But. Uh, the people, it's different mentality, it's old boy networks, etc. It took me some time to adjust, but the roller coaster means that uh, my first company, I came, we were market leaders, then there was a bid uh, of winner takes all from Microsoft, uh, which we lost, which means that we basically almost lost the company. And then uh, five uh, months later, the company won the project failed in the project Microsoft granted it to us. So we were down, uh, diving down in the roller coaster and then the competitor went out and whoosh, we went up. So that's a kind of roller coaster. That's crazy. 
That's amazing. Um, and after that, um, I remember I, from what I read about you, there was Walk Me. You started as three people. Yeah, Walk Me is a very interesting story. And that's uh, basically, if you ask earlier, about uh, how you build a startup. It was when I came back to, the, to Israel. I came back to Israel. I stayed in California, in the United States, 13 years. Ten of them in Palo Alto, California, three in New York started companies and then I came back to Israel because I came to the conclusion that uh, I want to build something meaningful here. And uh, California was fantastic, by the way. And uh, I met, uh, it was uh, 2011, I met uh, two guys, actually three guys, on the roof. There was a small room on the roof, they were sitting in a small room on the roof and had some idea uh, about make let's say making tutorials to the world because uh, the world didn't work. Let's say it was very hard to operate a lot of tasks in the, on the internet and in companies. That's uh, walk me. And I saw, I saw them and when I looked at them, I saw here is the ways. Everybody knows, I believe, what ways is today. Google map, ways of the world, of the digital world. Instead of trying to ponder and understand how to complete a task like open a, an account or a, doing something else, there is a way that guides you step by step to complete every task. Click here, move here, do this, do this. Simply guides you on the screen with small notes on the screen, every business process. And this is a major change. And I joined them when there were three uh, guys I, was, I joined them as chairman, was their first investor and their second investor. I participated in the second round. And uh, let's say today there are over a thousand people, Nasdaq public company, from a valuation of one million, they reached uh, several billion dollars. Valuation, they dropped uh, recently like the rest of the market, but uh, all in all they are generating about uh, 270 million dollar a year and growing very fast wow. and one of Israel's success. Wow, that is crazy. You, it, it's funny, we when we talked uh, last week, you sent me that you were part of the Polar Exit, which was bought by IBM. Yes. How, what, what was your involvement there? That's a very, that's an interesting story because it, uh, actually the company was sold last week. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, the period changed. Two years ago, two guys, a son of a friend, Roy Akobi, fantastic person, technical, amazing technical, and Guy Shani, they came to me. Yoram, my friend, told me, look, my son is ponder, thinking to start a company. I look at the guy, saw that they have zero business experience, same as I had when I was young. And they... But they were very talented. Most of them came from the prime office, uh, uh, prime minister office uh, section, which was considered very good. Both of them uh, were exceptionally sharp, and they knew what they wanted to do. And, but they didn't know how to move forward. So I said, you know, guys, I'll help you. I don't have time to be a chairman or something like that. This is the position that I take. I brought them. A good friend that I invested in him, Dov Yoran, very successful entrepreneur, already sold the company to Cisco for 100. And his first company, Riptech, I was uh, the first investor. That was long, longer time ago. 
With him, uh, we brought a group of angels, top people in the world. The guy was in charge of security at IBM, uh, the CEO of Tenable, a four point something billion dollar company valuation on NASDAQ and, and many other big names, CEO of RSA, ex-CEO of RSA. And they started and they uh, basically came with a new category, F finding data where your organizational data is on the cloud. And this was a new concept, nobody did it before. And uh, they did it uh, in a very, very, very sophisticated way, still world leaders. And, uh, and I worked with them a little bit because uh, there was some, I put someone else there. So we'll take care of them because I didn't have time. I cleared my time mainly for other projects that I'm doing. And uh, it took them two years. They won one of uh, Fortune uh, 15 companies as a customer, which is an amazing achievement in two years, and several other customers. And then IBM approached them and bought the company. It's very good because these times you cannot, uh, it's very hard to raise money. I also saw that the company, for instance, is kind of uh, somebody who assists the company, lacked enough funds. We raised uh, initially $5.5 million. So I brought another $3 million from a, an Israeli fund, IBI, to them. So they had enough money to complete the task. That's Polar. In your, in your opinion, what does this mean for the company's future? Polar? Yeah. Polar is now IBM. It's part of IBM. Uh, I think it will be very successful part of IBM, which means it will generate a lot of money, mainly for IBM, not for uh, Israel. But the guys here, the Polar's uh, team in Israel will grow, and it will be something uh, more substantial, and it brings a new direction in the IBM, uh, let's say, uh, security, cybersecurity system. And these guys, these two guys already told me, girl, in three years we'll be out, we'll start something else. Wow. Wait, you're on call, <laughs> something. So, so what will happen is these guys, which made a very nice exit, I cannot say the numbers, but it's, uh, let's say, it's more than a few millions, much more than a few millions, uh, and in two years. Uh, they will come back. First of all, they'll probably invest in the local industry. They'll come as small investors. But they'll come back and start a new company. And this time that they'll have the experience that they lacked. And they really lacked experience. If they were more experienced, probably their success was five times or ten times higher. Like companies like uh, today, yeah. uh, Silver Fort that I'm working with, or Granulate that was sold. I see. Moving on to... You being a chairman, you're a chairman at Bigger Bid. I also see your, your book, yes, which, is, which right. do marketing, Murata, which do risk management, and Viewers Logic, which monitor customer behavior. Mm -hmm. What what does being a chairman look like? How does that job look like on a day to day basis? Who do you work with? Uh, first of all, I wrote an article at Pando Daily. I don't know. I'll send it to you if you can put it somewhere uh, about a chairman the startup and the grayer chairman, or the grayer chairman and the startup. So I summarized in 10 points what the chairman is doing with the company. But to be more specific, uh, I'm a, it depends on the company. At WalkMe, for instance, I, just, I was even sitting a day or two at the company, 
and uh, guiding them, answering any questions. But the first thing that the chairman is doing, uh, bringing valuable people on board. For a Polar, I brought several key people that open doors, customers, etc. Helping build the infrastructure. They don't know anyone, but you bring them the right a legal partner, accounting, building a system, how to build a system, what to do. You don't teach them how to build the code or they should always, always, always lead the company. Never do make the decision instead of them. Help them, but it's always their decision. It's very important. People are forgetting it. You should leave the decisions to the founders and the CEO. You can help them, you can give them advice, but uh, never uh, dictate things on them unless they are dropping off the cliff uh, in free fall. So then you can try to catch them in midair. I see. So from what I understood as, a, as an active chairman, you implemented strategies to manage and support the growth of the company. You, yes. brought, you brought investors in, you, brought, you yeah. opened doors for them. What were some of the strategies that you used? Uh, the first thing that I look and I see what they have is uh, if I join a very young company and they see what they don't have. And I'll try to bring them what they don't have. So kind of infrastructures, kind of people that will give them a direct access to the market. Once you join the company like this, you, you bring credibility because you don't put your money only. It's uh, Money is yeah. one part, even not the main part. You put your uh, name and uh, you bring people, you are responsible for that. So you help them uh, basically go in the right direction. You show them the areas. You can tell them all the mistakes that you made in the past so they'll not repeat this mistake. You don't have to learn only from your own mistakes. You can learn from other experiences. It's accumulated uh, in the market. And uh, maybe in GPT-74, <laughs> but right now we are in GPT-4, so we are still young. In this have, you, have you been playing around with GPT? Uh, yes, I played around with it, and I came to the conclusion that, uh, you know, uh, I read the Asimov in the past, the Three Rules of the Robotics. There is a way that this GPT will uh, break the borders, so... People will be, have to be very careful how to use this. And there is one company that I'm looking at that is trying to limit the risk of uh, wild open AI. Okay? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Wow. Top people, very interesting. The risks are not just that the AI itself, but some people with different intentions will... Uh, give the GPT, you know, educate the GPT to do some things that are you don't like. And it's very hard for you to control it. Sure. What characteristics do you think are needed yeah. by a person like, like yourself to be a chairman, to be a leading angel investor? First of all, you have to be very candid, very sincere with the founders. Tell them exactly what you think. Second, you have to be patient. <laughs> You have to know how to listen. Sometimes, if you don't know how to listen, sometimes you think that you are right, but they are right. In many cases, the people in the front that see the market, they are right. You cannot be a backdoor general and see the picture like they do. But you can bring them a lot of experience. So first of all, be humble. Listen to them. 
They are young, but they are uh, smarter than you most of the time. Much smarter. The brightest people from Israel. I can tell you they're superstars. Uh, some names are very big today. Some of the names that I invested in, like Slavik Markovic, considered world leaders in their field So uh, when they were young. So be humble. Listen to them. Try to bring them uh, from your experience. See what they need, what they uh, don't see what is outside of the vision because they don't uh, still don't have the experience and so on, then help them. Think of, about yourself, not as the one who uh, holding the helm or uh, ne navigating, but the one that is sitting and providing constant information and uh, suggestions. I see. One more thing, yes. The way that I select entrepreneurs, one of the main things is the ability to listen. Why? Because people should learn how to listen. It took me a lot of time, personally, to start to listen to other people, understand that some other people, actually, they talk, uh, they, there is some sense. Actually, the one who is uh, talking the nonsense is on the other side of the table, which means me. And uh, you should listen. You should listen to pe what people say to you. You don't have to agree, but listen. You should listen to your customers. They tell you they need something, but you know better than the customers. You are bound to fail. Yes, well, I agree. Listening is. Uh, we had a course about it, um, management skills, and it, one of the first things we learned is the, the importance of actually listening to the other side, and not thinking of what to answer straight away. Mm -hmm. It's so so. It's so important. Yeah, that's that's a, there is a course, and I'll tell you there are. If I look at entrepreneurs, I think uh, if I try to analyze what are the factors for a success of entrepreneurs. And I can say that there are two main parameters. The first one is belief. The people should believe in what they are doing. If they lost belief, they lost. So you have to continue to believe in what you are doing with open eyes. Don't uh, hit the wall and uh, try to cross it. Uh, so this is one thing. The second thing is tenacious. Staying power, you must stay and continue and work because it's hard work. Uh, overnight success is seven years of hard work and overnight success, said Steve Jobs in different words, but that's the idea. Walk me took us uh, about eight years, uh, no, 10 years to go public and uh, for the first four years we fought other companies, uh, my first company, we were very close to go under and we survived. And uh, I told you about the roller coaster in the United States. And I invested in, uh, let's say, many tens of companies, was involved in many tens of companies, most of them successful, luckily. And, uh, but in each and every one of them, except one, sorry, in each and every one, except one, which is Retalics, which made uh, Let's say from A to Z, they did the business plan and over from day one. And that's a kind of uh, amazing thing. Uh, I had the crisis and uh, you have to overcome them. Ups, the roller coaster was there. So when you are coming to a, a startup, you go up, you go down, hold. When you go down, hold. You believe in, the, in where you are going, have the staying power and you'll go up. If you're doing something right, it's time will come. Sometimes it takes several, you're in front of the market. 
the companies that are most successful are those who are starting in front of the market and uh, st- have the staying power to be the standard later on. I see. Wow. <clears throat> wow, I've got so many questions that I want to ask. We're jumping from subject to subject here. But um, you're the director of the Innovation Authority in Israel, right? I am one of the directors one of, the, of directors. the Innovation Authority. Actually, now I'm uh, reducing my involvement because I'm uh, moving to a different project of uh, producing a TV series from my book. I'm trying. That's very ambitious. Uh, so I reduced my position there. But for the last uh, eight years or so, I was director. I saw most of Israel, uh, not most, but many of Israel uh, high-tech companies, including several of the most successful ones that were sold for billions and so on, or in public, so, uh, and we help financing them. And what, in your opinion, are the crucial factors behind the success of Israeli companies? Uh, okay, personal success I talked about. One of the items, uh, when you look at Israel, Israel is a deep tech nation, which means uh, companies, you, it's very hard to compete in the United States, with the United States, with marketing, or with the rest of the world. But let's go to the United States, which is the natural market for us. Somebody is opening in the United, operating in the United States, he has his network, he knows the language, he knows the culture, he's starting immediately in, inside the market. He came with the right idea, he can take a marketing idea and turn into a multi-billion dollar business. Same, by the way, goes for China. So Chinese, success, very successful companies. Israelis must have a differentiating uh, factor. And this is usually technology. Here, I am with the shirt of a company called Silverfort, you see? <laughs> and this Silverfort basically started, uh, again, three people, amazing people. I'm first investor. And uh, they started with the idea that they can take deep technology, super deep technology, which uh, I thought, not I believed in them, but people thought it was not feasible. So they build the technological barrier, and today is a world leader in their field. So this is one of the factors of Israel. Now in Israel, there is a kind of a place called 8,200 and some other related uh, units where they take very bright people, actually they are screening the population, take the brightest people, and then they put them in a four to six years you can call it a course. Of course, they are serving in the army, doing amazing jobs. Sometimes they give a responsibility of hundreds of millions of dollars to people as young as 21 or 20, and they develop the leading edge technologies like the Iron Dome and so on. And then they are coming to the market and they are exceptionally strong but they lack business experience. This is exactly the case of Polar, exceptionally strong. We took the guys that uh, basically developed the Iron Dome uh, brain, are working for WalkMe, and some other two PhDs, super bright, and so on. So Israel has an advantage because it's growing its uh, future uh, talent in the kind of uh, environment that you work uh, 18, 16, 14 hours a day for a period of six years, you get experience you cannot get anywhere else in the world. The army is also a very crucial point because, you know, at the age of 18, you, you're sort of developing your own self, your character. And when they put them through this experience, you know, they're going through such a meaningful 
and growing experience, they uh, they take these things on with them, and I can tell you about people I know that you know that have been in these units. They've done so well just because they've been in those units. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, I have a son, by the way, that uh, completed this. You know, went to a special school, then went to the army, did this. Uh, this, uh, let's say, 8,200 8, uh, route. And, uh, yeah, it's doing very well. That's where you come in. Once, they, once they're released from the army, you can look at a team of entrepreneurs and see exactly what they're missing. Yeah. It's like a cycle. It is. It's it is, cool. it is. And then the guys and the same guys, they are bringing their friends, you know, who is good and not bad. You know, because they work six years with the team. You know who is the stars and they can build their own teams. And that's why they are continuously successful. It's not, it's not by chance. Wow. So let's uh, let's get to like the more. I want to understand the practical side of your life. What are what are some of your hobbies? Some of the things that you do, some some habits that you have that you think uh, have helped you get to where you are. Some of my hobbies. My first hobby, and I do it with every new startup that I do. I'm traveling a lot. I want to see the world, and that's one thing. And when I invest in a company, I tell them, guys, we have a deal. I invested in you. I trust you. Now you have to work for four or five years. I'm covering the traveling section, which means I'm going all over the world, sending you photos. You don't have to go anywhere. I'm covering this field. After the exit, you can take uh, your own route. So this is one part of my hobbies. I'm traveling a lot, enjoying life. Where, what's, the, what's your f- favorite place, your go-to place? Uh, go-to place is Italy. I like to go to the mountains. I knew he was going to say that. I'm going to the Dolomites, and the t- I like to take walks in the Dolomites. I think it's uh, nature, amazing nature. And uh, that's one of uh, Italy's. The people are happy there, and I like happy people. So that this is a kind of a break, a sign of... Uh, so that's a, I love California. I've been there many years. I'm visiting California from time to time. And this is a, the second thing that I'm doing. I'm uh, writing poetry and I'm writing, a, let's say, books. I wrote a science fiction. I wrote a children's book. And uh, now I'm moving to a step of trying to produce a TV series from my science fiction book, which was successful. And the... Uh, and uh, day to day, I'm helping, uh, sometimes helping the companies and uh, not uh, not taking any unnecessary pressures. How did you start writing? What, you know, how did that turn happen? You just said, well, you woke up one day and you know, it's, I, I want to write books? No, I always knew that I want to write. I always knew that I want to write. I was a storytelling teller uh, when I was young. And uh, I wrote a book at an early age, but... Uh, didn't publish it because there was another book that I found that has some similarities. And uh, when I had some time after the bubble burst in uh, 2001, and I wrote a science fiction book, which was accepted very well. And uh, so when I had some new ideas, invented a complete uh, metaverse, which uh, you have 24 times more time, which means you're going to, you, are, you can jump like beam me to a new metaverse, virtual world, similar to us. Think a little bit about the, what's the name of uh, the metrics. So you feel just the same, but think that you can spend there a day and lose and lose just one hour. 
So you can study 24 times more. You have 24 times more time. You can study, for instance. Wow. Finish your degree in uh, a month. In a month. <laughs> I wish. Um, what piece of advice would you give Oren, myself, young, charismatic people, uh, students that, want, that are starting their professional career? Believe in yourself. I can, uh, you know, if I can summarize it in a poem of your, I can say, can, can I? Uh, yeah, or, or we wait with it. I'll wait okay, with the poem. Yeah, sure. uh, yes. Believe in yourself. Always listen to people, but believe in what you are doing. Always believe in what you are doing. Try to do, try to learn. Listen and understand what people are saying to you. Don't interpret it. Don't turn it into what you think, but try to listen at the face value, which means what people are telling you, that's what they said. Don't try to modify it. Listen to it and, uh, and believe in yourself. You know, um, when I'm, uh, I was lecturing at uh, Badehad and some other places, and uh, this is, uh, Badehad is the Israeli cadet uh, school, uh, like West Point. And uh, when I tell them, everybody has a light. Everybody can do, be uh, the next Bill Gates. I met Bill Gates when he was starting his company. So, you know, a little bit how that I'm a little older, even than him. I met Steve Jobs. I, I met this guy type of people. These are people. And everybody has a potential. Take your potential. To go, believe in yourself. Do it. And always be true to yourself. Always be true. Don't, uh, let's say, don't think, uh, you know, I saw a lot of people after they're, usually it happens after they're successful, that they think that everything that they touch is gold, like the Midas touch. No, be humble, but believe in yourself and go for it. You believe in something, go for it. Everybody has opportunities, go for them. The difference between people who were successful or not, these are the people who dared. And don't be afraid if you failed. You failed, you go back. I had a major failure in the United States, tried to make a huge contest, like a, a writer was born, like Starborn, you know, and yeah. all this stuff. Idol, American Idol. I built an America in the United States, all over the country. It didn't work. So so I did something else. I see. If you could improve one thing in yourself, what would it be? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, what do I like to improve? I wish I had uh, more advice when I was younger. That if I if if I had the advice that I can give today, when I was younger, I was avoiding a lot of uh, mistakes. But I'm not regretting everything. You know, I learn I learn mainly by uh, mistakes. Like a child puts his head in the electricity outlet, <laughs> then you understand this is not recommended if he survives. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we all we all want that person from the future to come and tell us what to do but uh, a part of our journey is falling oh absolutely but uh, let's say uh, you don't have to fall too many times I agree <laughs> how do you stay inspired to keep doing what you're doing you know, I'm you're curious I'm curious somebody comes to me you know I'll tell you a, a very interesting story short one one of the people that I know I invested in them came to me two guys told me Gur we are going to solve not to solve but to help fight the black uh, capital in the world the shadow economies, two guys from Israel, 
shadow economies. Yes, we are. We will work with the tax authorities of the world and help them recover the money people who are actually avoiding tax and so on. I, you know, I believed in them. These are guys that are superstars. One of them already invested in me in the past. And today, these guys already have the IRS of Israel. The IRS of the United States started to get it. And they're starting to fight the world, and there are leaders in this. So, you know, you have to believe in people. You have to believe and you have to be a little naive. <laughs> I, I am naive. <laughs> what is your definition of success? Has it changed over the years? No. The definition of success is doing something right, bringing it to completion, something that will uh, make a change in this world and uh, or in your world. And, uh, and you're doing it's not... Life is not a contest about, let's say, uh, running and becoming rich at the age of uh, 80 or 90 and so on, having a billion dollar at the age of 90. That's not the task of life. Basically, we are a kind of a, we are a single track on the record of time and doing the right thing all the time. All the time, every day, do the right thing. Always make the right decisions. Keep your integrity always, and uh, you'll be successful. I see. So before I ask you the last question, which is a quote, um, you brought a poem with you, and uh, I'd love for you Mm. to share it with us. Yes. Basically, it's a poem that I'm reading to people when I'm lecturing. Don't leave your soul in a drawer when you take the morning train to work. Without it... You are a robot gray waiting to end another lightless day subject of the realm of routine. Don't leave your spirit abandoned, forlorn, a thing of beauty all by herself. She will fall prey to the close of time. The chapters will fall off line by line, vanishing into the abyss of oblivion. Don't let the day-to-day octopus drag you to the depths. Sever the bonds, spread your wings, take off, follow your dreams, and always keep the light with you. Always, always, always keep the light with you. Everybody has light. Take it as high as you can. Wow, I, I, I love that. And the last question, well, that, was, that was a great poem. Um, I'll, I'll, the last question, a quote. We always leave this podcast with a quote. A quote that you live by, something that you want to pass on to people. A quote. Make decisions. Don't hesitate. Go forward. Believe in yourself. Always do. There is a, you know, hesitate and there is do. Do. Even if you make a mistake, correct. But do. Move forward and believe in yourself well have the staying power believe in yourself i love that so google it was a pleasure having you with us today it was this is for all those entrepreneurs future entrepreneurs out there this one was for you don't forget that the the life is like a roller coaster hold on when it goes down and believe in yourself there is no one path to success this has been beyond the classroom we'll see you next week Beyond the Classroom, classroom. where real life lessons unfold, unfold. with Nir Horowitz Horowitz and Oren Nathan. Nathan.
all our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity 